Hello and welcome back to the bio broadcast. Grab a snack, take a seat, or wherever you are, be prepared for a brain expansion. Today, we are going to be looking at an essential field of biology, oncology. Oncologists are medical professionals that diagnose and treat patients with cancer. They are also researchers that dive deep into what cancer is in order to discover new treatments and preventions. One thing to know about oncology is that there are so many specialties and is truly an umbrella term. The field includes surgical, radiation, medical, gynecologic, and pediatric oncologists, and if I kept listing them, we would not be able to finish this episode. But to specify today's topic, I will limit it only to cancer research and its significance to the wonderful world of health and biology. This field of research and medicine is something that I have a personal interest in. In my family, I know of at least three people who had cancer. My cousin is dealing with it right now. My uncle has survived and my grandmother died from ovarian cancer when my dad was young. I know that you listening in may also know someone who has had cancer. In fact, cancer is the leading cause of death in Canada. Since nearly one in two Canadians will get cancer in their lifetime, there is a lot of work that needs to be done in order to develop preventions, treatments, and hopefully one day a cure. Oncologists have a critical role in the welfare of our population, and while they have been researching for researching cancer for over 100 years, there is still so much unknown about the disease. And this is why it is critical that more people learn about this field, so they can appreciate it and maybe even join in the fight against cancer. I wasn't exaggerating when I said that we have been researching cancer for a hundred years. William James Mayo was a physician of the late 19th and early 20th centuries. If you're wondering where you've heard that name before, it might be from the time you googled why you had a sore throat and a Mayo Clinic told you that you have every disease under the sun. Dr. Mayo and his father and brother actually founded that organization in 1889. But back to the topic at hand, Mayo wrote about the relation of biochemistry to cancer in 1929. Even back then, they had a good understanding of how our biological chemistry affects cancer research. In an in-depth knowledge of our bodies, biochemistry is critical to have an understanding of how cancer functions. The doctor explained in the article that, quote, the oxidation of carbon and hydrogen within the body is the outstanding feature of all animal life. But while the normal cell functions within normal limits, the carcinomatous cell organ oxin- the carcinomatous cell oxidizes without control and without function. What he is describing is the chemical metabolic processes that goes on in our bodies. And 
almost 100 years later, we are discovering more about how metabolic processes affect cancerous cells. Studies have shown that there are therapies that affect the metabolism of tumors, which can slow down its growth. In The Fundamentals of Cancer, written in 2016 by oncologists De Borardinis and Chandel, explains how targeting glycolysis, which is the breakdown of glucose in the first step of cellular respiration, for cancer therapies can be used. Clinical observations showed how malignant tissue has significant increase in glucose uptake compared to normal tissue. LDHA, an enzyme that converts pyruvate glycolysis's product into lactate, was identified to be the identified to be a target for the oncogene MYC, a cancer-causing gene, which I will explain more later. Inhibition of LDHA enzyme has shown to decrease the creation of tumors caused by MYC in mice. It is also critical that when we are discussing cancer, we must have an in-depth knowledge of molecular genetics. I remember I was watching a video the other day from the World Science Festival where Dr. Eric Lander, a geneticist, spoke about the importance of shifting away from labeling cancers by the body part, for example, prostate cancer, breast cancer, etc. And instead, the future of medicine must focus on what gene, specifically what oncogene, is found in that malignant tumor. Now, I'm not talking about any old pair of Levi's. These genes form from normal genes called proto-oncogenes. These genes are essential for in regulating cellular activity. Oncogenes are formed in many ways. Point mutation where carcinogens can shift a nitrogenous-based pair. A translocation where part of a chromosome breaks off and attaches to another. Or amplification where proto-oncogenes are overproduced. Other than biochemistry, metabolism, and genetics, homeostasis is also a critical factor to consider in oncology. As we all know, homeostasis is key to life. Our bodies have complex checks and balances to keep us healthy and happy. Earlier this year, a group of European researchers found that a certain protein is critical for maintaining homeostasis in the intestines that and actually prevents the growth of intestinal cancer. The protein, called MCL1, regulates the death and growth of cells found in the intestines, and the loss of this protein makes the intestines more susceptible to tumor development. On the other hand, in certain cancers such as colorectal carcinoma, too much MCL is produced. While the oncologists now have more knowledge about what homeostatic mechanisms affect the growth of cancers in that area, they must attempt to regulate the amount of said protein very carefully. This goes to show how homeostatic regulation can affect tumor growth. After listening in for a while, you must realize that oncology research is such a vast, complex, and important career path. New developments are happening every day to fight against this leading cause of death. 
While it is easy to understand what oncologists do, it is of utmost important not to forget why. We must remember that there are people's lives be affected, being affected by cancer. The patient-to-physician relationship must be maintained as a priority for all oncologists. Samuel and Deborah Hellman explained in the New England Journal of Medicine that doctors must have the patient's interests at heart. Quote, In essence, the doctor-patient relationship requires doctors to see their patients as bearers of rights who cannot be merely used for the greater good of humanity. A well-known example that comes to mind of an oncologist breaking this agreement is the case of Henrietta Lacks in 1951, a long time ago. As a patient suffering from ovarian cancer, her rights were stripped from her when her doctor performed tests on her cancerous cells without her informed consent. Actually, her cells live to this day, being the first ever immortal cells, as they multiply without end. HeLa cells, as they are called, are used in oncology research as well as in many other fields of science. Up to 2013, her family did not have the ability to be involved in the use of her cells. Medical researchers use the lessons learned from this case to ensure that patients are always informed about their medical journey. As I wrap up this episode of the bio broadcast, let's go over what we discussed. Oncology is a broad field of study in the treatment and research of cancer. Cancer is a disease that will affect most people in their lifetime, which gives a greater sense of how critical this field is. Oncology research covers multiple areas of biology, including biochemistry, molecular genetics, metabolism, and homeostasis. Oncologists must remember that they are doing this for the sake of their patients and must ensure that all research and treatments are done ethically. Tune in to next week's episode where we will take a deeper look at a groundbreaking discovery in the fight against Alzheimer's disease. See you then.